This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 47 of the Animaniacast. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Drain, but culottes have a tendency to ride up so. And welcome once again to the Animated Cast. We are the only podcast that's dedicated to the television cartoon series, Animaniacs. Here we explore the series episode by episode, discussing all of the cultural gags and references and things like that that we can think of. And in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again are my co-hosts, Nathan. And that's why my brain don't work anymore. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hi. Hey, Kelly. Well, today... Ladies and gentlemen, we have an episode that could last us three hours if we decided to talk about every little cultural reference. Let's but do it! No! <laughs> <laughs> but it, this is going to be an interesting Cliff one. Cliff Notes version of today's episode, because this, uh, full, this episode yeah. is chock full of so many references to movies. Uh, it really, you have to take it frame by frame mm-hmm. and uh, have Google on your lap to, to really learn about every single one. Yeah, and usually it's references to two movies at a time because it'll mash up yes. different things. Well, well it's, <laughs> and yeah. of course then we have a, a Pinky in the Brain as well in this and uh, a, a, a few other songs as well. Uh, one kind of salute to Carol Burnett. Uh, boy, lots of stuff in this uh, episode. Guys, in a few words, uh, what would you say about this episode? Uh, Kelly, what, what, do you, what do you think? Wow. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to, to sum it up. I mean, it's just it's about a lot of movies. Yes. And Nathan, what about you? I saw a movie I liked. You did? <laughs> was it on the screen or did you just see a movie one day? No, I just wanted, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2. What are we talking about? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's get straight into today's episode because, I, you know, boy, I, I, I'm kind of looking, I'm looking, I was looking forward to today's episode and, mm-hmm. and almost not looking forward to today's episode because it's just so much. So yeah. we'll just see how it goes. So Nathan, tell us, when did this episode first premiere? Oh, okay. So Joey, this first premiered on Tuesday, November 23rd of 1993, which was just a day before the Brady Bill passed, establishing a five-day waiting period for handgun sales. And it was also going to be the end of the world, according to the Ukrainian sect of the White Brotherhood. Well, thank goodness they were wrong. I, yeah, unless they were in like some sort of... Alternate dimension yeah, now? Yeah. Like, oh, man. <laughs> Maybe they were right. Who knows? <laughs> this is this is the end. That's the ending. The ending. The ending. The ending. Well, let's go ahead and get straight into today's episode discussion. So today's episode starts off with a quick little chase uh, opening. And it just shows that they're getting chased by Ralph out of a sewer grave. For some reason. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I not much to say about this one. I thought the animation was kind of cool. I, I thought the the uh, the facial expression of Yakko as he uh, 
moves the sewer grate off his head was kind of cool and mm-hmm. uh and seeing Ralph get stuck a little bit. Yeah, but there you go. There, that's that. <laughs> but then we get right into today's uh, cultural reference extravaganza called Video Review. And Video Review was written by Randy Rogel, Sherry Stoner, and Tom Minton. And it was directed by Michael Gerard. Uh, Kelly... What can you tell us? What the heck happens in video review? The uh, Warners are in a video store. And for you kids out there that are too young to know what that is, that's where we used to have to go and rent movies physically (laughs) to watch them. There was no streaming or anything like that. And we used these magical things called cassettes. (laughs) Um, I I tease. I'm, I'm sure most people are familiar with that but <laughs> I, um, I I do kind of miss that the whole experience of going to the video yeah. store and you know seeing what's on the new release uh, wall but uh, mm-hmm. they're they're in the video store and they um, <laughs> they start to sing about the the movies and this video review song that was on the, the soundtrack that I owned mm-hmm. and as they finish up the song there's a um, they end up walking by the Jurassic Park tape and I I meant to look this up but I I think when this video or um, this episode came out Jurassic Park wasn't even available to rent yet no no yeah okay because I remember seeing that I'm like oh is it out yet (laughs) (laughs) what is the date so um because again I mean times were different back then because Jurassic Park came out it was this mega hit oh um, yeah over the summer and we had to wait months and months to to see it again once left the theaters and it was agonizing that that wait it won three academy awards it had the biggest opening day ever the biggest three-day weekend ever the biggest seven-day gross ever and no other film in history has reached 100 million 200 million and 300 million dollars faster than jurassic park Jurassic Park has earned an astounding $900 million at the worldwide box office, making it the number one film of all time. On October 4th, 1994, Steven Spielberg's entertainment powerhouse that made worldwide box office history opens its gates for everyone to own. Coming to home video, priced at just $24.98, and there will be no pay-per-view prior to February 1st, 1995. The biggest movie of all time will become the biggest video event in history. They uh, they encounter the T-Rex from Jurassic Park, and he starts chasing them all around, and um, all the, the video boxes come to life, and they interact with the dinosaur and with each other and you know it struck me that some of them are so literal because the a river runs through it there's actually like a river blocking their path <laughs> so then they have to use the bridge over the river Kwai to go over the river and it it's a lot of clever gags in the whole episode i, I really love the way they took all these different movies and found ways to connect them to each other yes well, yeah, and, and in the end, I mean, I guess the main uh, conflict that they had to solve was uh, how to get rid of the T-Rex that mm-hmm. was chasing them, chasing right, throughout the, the video time. store. 
So in the end, the T Rex uh, falls into the abyss. Into the yeah, into the the movie The Abyss, mm-hmm. which uh, I believe James correct James Cameron, I believe, directed that. If I'm not mistaken, it's about uh, yes, yeah, yeah, people going underwater and. Mm. It, yeah, it was pre-Terminator 2, so it was like that whole thing of the water was an alien. I, I, I'm, I haven't seen The Abyss since I was like 11 or 12 years old or something like that, so I remember almost nothing about it other than like aliens are underwater and one of them takes on the form of water, and it was it was really cool at the time because we had never seen this kind of like a CGI water, uh, you know, taking on the character, taking on a character. Uh, essentially no, um, that that was dennis murin and industrial light and magic yes there we go so and then they did it again in moana <laughs> yes what? no he said yeah they waited all the way to moana to, to water, do, to do a water, water character again right <laughs> or yeah i haven't seen that is it good <laughs> yeah moana's pretty good it's pretty good Although, yeah, the water doesn't turn into faces or anything like no, that. no but it is a character <laughs> the water is a character yes <laughs> So anyway, but there's so many different movies on this, guys. Um, I think one of the best things we could probably do is really to talk about some of the highlights of the movies Just that go we around saw. in a circle. Oh, name a oh, name a movie. I've got it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, there were Spielberg movies. Uh, okay, <laughs> so let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna see. We had uh, which Spielberg movies did we do we have here, Kelly? Um, 1941. Right. Which was a bomb. <laughs> mm-hmm. That yes, was fun. sadly, sadly. <laughs> um, and Hook. Mm-hmm. And the aforementioned Jurassic Park. Yes. And I saw the cover of Jaws as it, as it panned through very quickly. I did see Jaws oh, in the back. Out. Yeah, Jaws is in the background <laughs> <laughs> somewhere right. back there. So, it, it, and that's the thing about this uh cartoon is that you can literally just pause it or just keep it on you know step 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 whatever mm-hmm. and see additional movies in the background i was constantly tilting my head left to right to read the titles of the book or the the um movies in the background uh just because there were so many uh nathan did any movies stand out for you i saw star wars star wars <laughs> Which, of course, my nerd, you know, radar, I guess you could say, went off when I was like, that's not the color of the laser. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that, wait a minute, that's... I hope I... someone got fired for that one. Oh, not only that, <laughs> but the, uh, I believe the Death Star is actually from Return of the Jedi. It was the unfinished Death Star. <laughs> um, let's just get some continuity errors fixed, please. You're really fun at parties, aren't you? <laughs> yes, very yeah. fun. He uses that voice, too. Yeah, I'm the same way, of course. You yeah. know, it's like if somebody says that Luke, you know, they refer to his lightsaber being the wrong color or something in one of the movies. is like, no, it was blue in this movie and green in that one, and I know. <laughs> Well, you, you, some of the other movies that stood out for me. I mean, uh, at one point they um, they wash out uh, the the T Rex's mouth with soap mm-hmm. uh, from the movie Soap Dish, which is a movie we watched all the time mm-hmm. as a kid. Do you ever see the movie Soap Dish with Sally Field and Kevin Klein at all, Kelly? No. Oh my gosh, it's so it's hilarious. Yeah. Rod Randall is back from the dead? How yeah. dumb is this? The man was killed in 1973 in an auto accident. So he wasn't killed. He was maimed. 
we give him reconstructive surgery. What are you talking about? The guy was decapitated. I looked it up. He was on his way to the Yukon in a pink convertible to see his brother, who's an ex-con named Francis, when a tractor trailer came along and decapitated him. You know what that means. It means he doesn't have a head. How am I supposed to write for a guy that doesn't have a head? He's got no lips, no vocal cords. What do you want me to do? They froze the head. Where they it? put it on ice. They put it back on in a precedent-setting two-day operation. You know, oh. it's like, will you use your imagination? Oh, he doesn't have a head! Did, did that whole sequence, though, with the teeth, remind you in any way of uh, Hermie, the, the elf that wants to be a dentist from the Rudolph special? Because it did me. Well, that makes sense for you. We're getting all of our obsessions put in, put in here, I think, right? Why blast your hairy bumble hide? Don't let this big blowhard scare you anymore. Just walk right past them. I tell you, you're looking at a mighty humble bumble. Whoa. You haven't been flossing. When's the last time you went to the dentist, young man? Teeth need cleaning. Uh, no, I didn't. I, I did not think of that, but I could see why you could think because. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, I love Rudolph. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, let's see. We had uh, you know other movies in the background. We had Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, mm-hmm. We had Sister Act with. Uh, Eva Gabor and Zsa Zsa Gabor uh, on the cover of Sister Act, okay. who were not in the movie Sister Act. Yeah, I was by like, the were way. they in? The... They were not. But uh, both, both were unforgiven because neither one could act. Yes, <laughs> because and I always love it when act is rhymed with act. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> rhyming Homer with Homer. <laughs> um. But in, in, let's see, what other kind of movies were just off the top of my head? I mean, they had Howard the Duck was yeah. was shown in there. It looked like Daffy. Look, yeah, like a 1930s Daffy Duck silhouette, which is kind of cool. Mighty Ducks with uh, Plucky Duck. Plucky Duck and Daffy Duck. Could have been maybe the cutest Ruger. We'll find out later <laughs> in the episode. Stay tuned. <laughs> I'm the mightiest duck of Clan upstart. And then, of course, they get put into duck soup. And as many people online have pointed out, if you look closely, Plucky when becomes he, older. Yeah, becomes older when he gets put <laughs> into the water or it's into an, the soup. It's an he, aging. He, he ages about ten years and gets uh, makes uh, turns into preteen Plucky with a tank top on mm-hmm. uh but of course uh groucho the duck soup is a marx brothers film so of course groucho has to you know pop his head in and say say the secret white and the ducks come down that's of course a reference to you bet your life where you say the secret word and win a hundred dollars or whatever the prize happened to be mm-hmm. uh so that was kind of cool but the whole uh cartoon was really uh not just in reference to movies themselves but it was actually in reference to a few classic Warner Brothers cartoons and even a Silly Symphony uh, Disney cartoon. They would have these uh, cartoons where books would come to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they would have um, 
like in the silly symphonies version it was like a mother goose what was it called it's called mother goose goes to hollywood and in that one uh you know they go to different mother goose stories and in each one different celebrities of the time of 1938 would come to life so laurel and hardy charlie chaplin uh catherine hepburn etc etc um and then there was other ones called like uh have you got there's one called have you got any castles uh, which is with books coming to life in a bookstore. And again, each book, it, it, it's almost identical. You I mean, you see the cover of the book, and then on the cover, there's a celebrity playing the part of whomever it happens to be. There's a really good one also called Book Review in, from 1946. And in one part, Daffy Duck does this really cool uh, Danny Kay impression, uh, where he's scatting and everything like that. If I had Aladdin's lamp for only a day, I'd make a wish and here's what I'd say. Nothing could be cleaner than to be in Carolina in the morning. Big wolf in a suit's gay. particular cartoon was directed by Bob Bob Clampett who went on to do the Beanie and Seashell show okay. which of course was we talked about recently the with the whole masters. with the whole Meanie and Treacle and mm-hmm. everything like that so it all connects back and you know back and forth in a circular way <laughs> um but gosh there were so many different uh, movies and uh, some of which I had to look up because I had you know over the years they get kind of lost because yeah no one's really heard of them there was one that they went to a few times called the doctor it stars william hurt uh it's from 1991 as an emotionally disconnected uh doctor and he gets a tumor and he has to reconnect with his patients because he starts to realize what it's like to have uh, a sickness Mm. (laughs) right there um but you know, I don't know. Were there any movies that you guys looked at and you had no idea what the heck the movie was? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> like there was Medicine Man with Sean Connery. I know that I, I had never heard of. And what? I, well, well, I'm sorry. I'd never seen. I've never. I did oh, hear oh. of it. I never. I never. Uh, never heard of. Uh, I won't judge you for not watching it, but I'd be like. <laughs> No, the one I haven't heard of was the other Sean Connery film. I had to look it up. Uh, Presidio. Yeah. Uh, the Babe, or, you know, they talk about the Babe or uh, Presidio. And I had to look up Presidio and go, what the heck? That That is a Sean Connery film that I had never heard of before. Um, and it apparently, <laughs> it was kind of fun to go into... Uh, to look that up because you can look it up and see all the horrible reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> the, one of my favorite lines, though, was... Uh, Princess Bride got married to the handsome Prince of Tides, which now makes her dad the fisher king, the father of the bride. And pretty soon you'll find them all inside the TV guide, along with all the stars you like to see. So in that, there's four different movies four. all mentioned. 
uh, in a row, which I just think is so cool. Um, really, the whole the whole song and, and it's a catchy song. It's it's a, it is a it's catchy really, song, and it's a creative song too because they do puns of mm-hmm. in the song. But and it is weird hearing it on the soundtrack because <laughs> it cuts out the whole middle part. Oh, yeah, and the... and then the whole, but they still sing about the dinosaurs, you know. Hmm. We can at see the them end. in Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. it's like I remember hearing it on the soundtrack and going, "What dinosaur?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's all the people we know. We are glad the dinosaur is gone. He was an easy mark. But if we ever miss him, we can rent Jurassic Park. But you know, it was it was cool. I mean, I, this is such a it's such a cool um, cartoon just to see. A not only movies that you you know, grew up seeing or hearing about, but B just kind of remembering what it was like to go to the video store uh, mm-hmm. itself. Are there any video stores still open in uh, your area, there, Kelly? That no. you know? No. I think we have one. I think we have one, maybe two in Tucson. There's Casa Video mm-hmm. in Tucson, which is, uh, I, gosh, I don't know if they, I don't know how busy they are, but. Ten years ago, or however many, yeah, I guess it was a little over ten years ago when I was in college, mm-hmm. I would go there all the time, and they give you free popcorn. It was always like a fun place to go to on a Friday night, and always see a movie that you <laughs> sometimes were never quite sure if this movie would be good or not. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they, I think they do screenings there too. I think. Oh yeah. Also video, so. oh, okay. I heard. So? I read. Something the other day, and I think there's still a blockbuster in Alaska. Oh well, I guess that kind of makes sense, right? <sighs> I mean, I think there's. <laughs> <laughs> but the the weird thing is now even DVDs have gotten so cheap themselves, so that it's like, yeah, you could rent one or you could just buy one for about a, like a dollar more or something. Yeah, like in Walmart, they have the whole two dollar bin mm-hmm. of DVDs, and so it's. I see people. They're digging. not all terrible. <laughs> They're not all terrible. <laughs> I mean, there's, and I guess that just happens with over the years. It's like, well, that's the old version of that DVD, so let's discount that one to five bucks, and let's have the new 20th anniversary one. Yeah, uh, release that one with two more special features. <laughs> right. But we live in such a different world now, so that everything is streaming mm-hmm. or digital, and even the even Blu-rays and DVDs and everything are going to be a thing of the past. In probably ten more years, that, that you know you would yeah, think. Because what's the point? <laughs> the point I don't is to get up and put this into a thing. <laughs> yes, but you don't quite own it when you don't, uh, you know, and it's all digital. That's you're, fine. You're technically renting it. That's fine. <laughs> That's what the video, video review is all about: is renting movies. <laughs> well, yeah. So anyway, it was very much a product of his time, but uh, I really do like this uh, this first cartoon. Well, let's get on to the second cartoon, which is entitled When Mice Ruled the Earth. Bum, bum, bum. This is Maurice LaMarche, the voice of the brain, and you are listening to the Animaniacast. When Mice Ruled the Earth was written by Gordon Bresick, and it was directed by Greg Reyna. And Nathan, can you tell us what the heck happens here in uh, When Mice Ruled the Earth? Well, it's Pinky and the Brain using time travel, but not using the water tower this time. <laughs> um, unless it's in a different form, in uh, which case oh, it looks like the H.G. Wells time machine, and they go to prehistoric times 
to try to uh, help mice rule the world, I guess. Yes. That's the name. Uh, they're going <laughs> to beat the humans at certain things like getting food better than humans, except that backfires and they start using uh, mice as slingshots. So mm-hmm. that didn't work out very well. Uh, then they go to a different time period and try to give the tools so they can they can fight humans better or something. So uh, that didn't work out because the humans already had clubs at that time. So they go even further into the future again to try to get them to learn fire first. And this time it works. They go back to the current time and mice have ruled the world except they all look like pinky and they all say point zort egad so uh over and over again yeah and they're all just dancing too yeah (laughs) they look so happy yeah it was it was fine uh but yeah so brain decides to turn everything back because who wants to rule a world that's full of those kinds of people Well, a very cute uh, cartoon. Of course, Nate, yeah, like Nathan had just mentioned, um, it's uh, the whole time travel, the whole time machine is uh, in the book uh, it's itself called The Time Machine, mm-hmm. uh, written by H.G. Wells. H.G. Wells, of course, character shown of him. Yeah, he makes uh, a cameo. Yeah, at the very beginning <laughs> before he storms out and gives up or whatever. He, like, built the whole time machine and just he, for the book. Yeah. <laughs> He just couldn't. If he just put that paper clip in, he could have. Uh, he could have made it work. But whatever. Um, and of course, the time machine looks very similar, if not uh, pretty identical, to the time machine featured in Time After Time, which is about H.G. Wells. Uh, you know, a fictional account of H.G. Wells going throughout uh, history, trying to stop, I believe, Jack the Ripper from hmm. murdering people or something like that. And uh it was that was recently a show on nbc i think or abc or something either way it got canceled so but yeah apparently like there was lots of similarities to that like the whole antenna to collect solar energy was a thing in that and then also as they're traveling through time the tunnel yeah that time tunnel thing same and how it spins around before it takes off (laughs) there's a lot they're definitely pulling a lot from that the time is 1893 and novelist and inventor H.G. Wells invites you to join him on a flight from London to San Francisco. In under a minute, you will be transported to a bizarre and fantastic new age. Today. Time after time. For H.G. Wells, the modern world offers a spectacular array of revelations, embarrassments, and delights. But Wells has not come here as a tourist. His visit will be somewhat more dangerous, for he is pursuing Jack the Ripper, a villain who has eluded his fate by escaping into time. H.G., checkmate, and you've lost again. A romantic adventure, a breathless chase around the world and across a century. Time after time. And I have to give a plug to a podcast that is no longer really being produced, but um, I loved quite a bit um, called the Dead the Dead Authors Podcast mm. with Paul F. Tompkins, uh, who played the part of H.G. Wells. 
And the whole setup of that is that he goes throughout history uh, getting authors of different books and poetry and everything like that and interviewed them in front of a live audience. Uh, It was incredibly funny. And so it would be like Lauren Lapkus as Beatrix Potter. (laughs) Uh, Gosh, uh, Andy Daly as, oh gosh, who's, who's the guy who started Scientology? Uh, uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Yeah. So who just go throughout history, you know, picking up, you know, people who who had died. And then uh, it was half informational and half, total like comedy. comedy yeah because the the imp- the improv comedians that he'd interview had n- usually no idea about who these people really were so mm. sometimes the answers are quite odd it's like ben Sh- <laughs> ben schwartz says roll doll uh there was a part where he's like ta- asking him about like so this is some of the anti-semitic things you've said in the past he goes did i <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i was just joking right <laughs> anyway so check that check that podcast out it is it is fun. very 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 funny uh, he's a very funny man yes paul f tompkins and my wife has a crush on him and wants to my marry wife. my wife has a crush on paul f tompkins and wants to marry him that's another issue i have anyway so <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it was a very, you know, cute uh, cartoon. A very good animation, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the moments that stood out, guys, for uh, this particular cartoon? What do you think? I, I liked when Brain got hurt a lot. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Unhand me, you future Neanderthal. He did get hurt a lot. He had a lot of bumps on his head after getting... I liked mm-hmm. when they when when the cavemen right there at the beginning or the pre Neanderthal as he called yeah, them or whatever which is great... when he stretched him and he put like his thumb underneath Brain's bottom lip yeah. and stretched him it was just the most comedic kind of like painful uh, uh, stretching uh, I've seen happen with Brain Kelly what about you uh, Well speaking of Brain getting hurt I thought it was funny that he wanted to travel back in time or I guess forward in time. To an aspirin was invented. <laughs> Where are we going now, Brain? Forward to another key evolutionary moment after a brief stopover in 1853. What 1853, Brain? Because, Pinky, that's when aspirin was invented. Yeah, I would think you were going to go a little further than that because that way aspirin would be cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> when it's first invented, it's going to be. Well, you get it right off the, you know, you get it right off the counter. It's the freshest. <laughs> yes. Well, he didn't know about too much in the future. You know, he didn't. He being in the past, he was, you know, the, yeah. from eighteen hundreds. He didn't want to go too far in the That's future. That's true. To win a like, you know, ibuprofen or something was. And on. who knows? He might have already messed things up in the. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was also kind of odd that when they went like they started off. What was it? A hundred thousand years in the past, or mm-hmm. something like it that. To, the math didn't always seem to. Yeah. Well, they went to, when they go fifty thousand years more into the future, um, and they and he meets the caveman again, and you just see his feet and legs or whatever. The caveman looks like he's devolved. Yeah. If anything, like his leg is incredibly hairy. He's a pre Neanderthal, <laughs> so now he's a Neanderthal. <laughs> and... So that we, for some reason grew more hair and mm-hmm. his toenails grew longer and it was uh... Robin Williams. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Cameo by Robin Williams. Nice that's and pretty hairy. cool. He was in both uh, segments of this one. He was in that's awesome. So anyway. Yeah, there we go. He was the Fisher King by the way in case anybody <laughs> wanted to know Robin Williams was in the first segment. Um I don't know. It, it was a, a cute uh, pinky in the brain. Um mm-hmm. I I did like the whole uh 
seeing Pinky um, in different, you know, basically costumes at the end. Uh, little yeah. boy Pinky and girl Pinky and everything. Uh, seeing them, him dance around was just fun. Like, he just seemed so happy in all those different... <laughs> I know, they all dance to the beat of Pinky and the Brain very well at the end of this cartoon. Boy, love, he got... Boy, love, love, boy, he got... Quickly, Pinky, we must return to the past. I must change it all back again. But why, Brain? It'd be easy to rule a world of mice like them. Yes, Pinky. But who would want to? But really, I don't really want more to say there than I just, I liked it. It was a good concept and it, I think it worked. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. Pinky didn't seem overly smart over the brain and brain didn't seem like insane in this episode no he in brain like, just they really kind of just seemed like um like they were more of a team they yeah. were definitely kind of working like pinky was trying to help in this one. yeah exactly it was not pinky's fault that things didn't work out yeah that's true pinky if anything pinky did exactly like he should he yeah. taught these mice how to, how to make fire how to make fire and he kind of saved brain for well at least you would think it was going to... The woolly mammoth looked like he was going to step on the brain. Yeah. And then happened to be a saber-toothed tiger there, whatever. Oh, but <laughs> still, still did it halfway, Brain. It, it was a good joke there, too. Just... Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get on over to our last little... Uh, well, I shouldn't say our last little segment, because there's actually two little things. First of all, we have our Wheel of Morality. It's that time again. Oh no, not the Wheel of Morality. Afraid so. It's time to learn the moral of today's story. No! <laughs> no! Turn, turn, turn. And today's, <laughs> and today's Wheel of Morality... Uh, is brought to you by... <laughs> a trip to Tahiti. Is oh, okay. It's brought to you by the... Fox sensors. Yeah, it's brought to you by the... Not the sensors, uh, the network executives. Network executives. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, the... <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny because at this point, the Warners are just totally done yeah. with the Wheel of Morality <laughs> and it's stupid and everything. But at the end, they win a trip to Tahiti. Finally, they, they actually get that. And the moral of today's show is... Win a free trip to Tahiti. We won, we won, we won, we won. Which is very lucky that they did not get bankrupt yeah. or lose a turn <laughs> or something like that. That would have been a bad wheel of morality right there. Just a bad way to end it. Yeah. Although sometimes in, in sometimes the moral of life is you go bankrupt or you yeah. might lose a turn. But uh, luckily it was a good, <laughs> good morality for them. Um, and... In our last, last segment, because you think that's going to be the end. Yeah, it seems like, all right, good night. (laughs) No, just kidding. There's one more, because they're kind of doing a chase ending. And, you know, when I first saw this, you think, okay, they're going to go do a chase, and they're going to go back to the water tower, Mm -hmm. and then something's going to fall on Ralph's head. But no, not in this case, because instead they do the goodbye song. And the goodbye song is basically a salute to Carol Burnett, or the Carol Burnett show, that I should say. And uh, 
in at the end of every episode of the Carol Burnett show, they would always play the theme. I'm so glad we've had this time together. They basically sing a tune that's very similar in this. I used to hear this on the the soundtrack. I'm sure, Kelly, you did as well, you know, having the soundtrack as a kid. The endings are slightly different um, music-wise. Oh, I was Uh, like, they don't do a rhino in the... (laughs) No, there's there's still a rhino. There's just the, uh, the, the, the sound is a little different. So here's the sound of the cartoon. Stuff your pockets full of dynamite. We'll tie you to a rhino's head. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Spoil your dinner. And here's the sound of the CD. And stuff your pockets full of dynamite. And tie you to a rhino's head. Goodbye, everybody. So it sounds slightly oh, different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, guys, what do you think? Any any last uh, thoughts on the either Wheel of Morality or the Goodbye song? Anything like that? Uh, I liked when they were pulling on their ears. It was cute. Did I guess. they pull on their ears? Yeah. Okay, because I know it's talking about it in a lot of the reference guys, Kara Burnett doing yeah. that. Yeah. And they're, um, like, really yanking on Oh, that's right. They really pulled their ears. They're, like, pulling it to, to the extreme. I see. Okay. What do you think they were doing? Well, I just, I didn't really get that that was the reference to Carol Burnett pulling her ear at the end of uh, the episodes, uh, which was, I guess, a signal to her grandmother, but, um, just because it was so intense. And mm. Carol Burnett's, you know, yanking of the her own ear was very subtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Nah, I don't know. Kelly, any thoughts on these last two parts of today's episode? Uh, mm, I really... Well, I I did want to mention that that I I really thought it was funny in the the Pinky and the Brain when Pinky had a really uh, strong moment of clarity and Brain wanted to, you know, go back in time and and become a a ruler and he's like, why would they choose you? And he's like, I, I think he said something to the effect of, I, I'm very likable. We shall travel back to the primordial era, alter the course of evolution, and then return to the present to a world dominated not by humans, but by mice. And they shall choose me as their leader. God, brain, brilliant. Oh, oh, wait, no, no. Um, why would I pick you? Because I'm very likable. I'm I'm glad that Brain thinks has a, a good positive image of himself. Yeah, it's very good important. Enough. I'm smart enough. Gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get straight on over to our water tower rating. So, guys, what do you think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. All right. I'm going to say four water towers. Okay. Why do you say that? Um, I liked both segments. I don't think it was my favorite pinky in the brain. I don't know. I just... And there's not like a lot of quotable lines necessarily, but they're both strong segments. And that song is a really good song from the video review. So Okay. I just... Yeah. <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? I will also give it four. I, I really love video review. It's it's one of my all-time favorites. And it's a really catchy, fun song. 
and um, and the pinky in the brain was good too. All right, and I will agree with you. It'll be another triple agreement <laughs> for uh, Water Towers as well for me. I, it's just yeah, like you guys said, it's a, it's a good solid episode. Um, yeah, it's it, a, I don't think it's like my favorite episode. Like I think there's episodes I like more. But yeah, I, it's a really good episode. It's just. Yeah, there's there's not anything that really stands out as like eh that could have been better or whatever like that. It just yeah. the whole thing sounds really good and there's a lot of content in it. Uh, despite you know it it seems like oh there's only two segments and mm-hmm. and yet there it feels like there's a lot more. So it's good stuff. Well, let's go ahead and get on over to our poll results from last week. And, uh, well, we have our poll results right here. No need to go to our announcer. Why don't you go ahead and give us our uh, question and what the results were? Okay, so we have a different type of poll here, everybody. And uh, the question is, which of the following Rugers is the cutest? So we have Cody Ruger, which was Baby Bird, uh, Luke Ruger, uh, The Flame, Nathan Ruger, Skippy, Tom Ruger, the producer... Uh, so, uh, 9% goes to the baby bird, Cody Ruger, 14%, Luger, Luke Ruger, the flame, 13%, Tom Ruger, the producer, and the winner is, of course, Nathan Ruger, Skippy, because my name's Nathan, so. <laughs> so, yes, Nathan Ruger ran away with it. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I did, I did show, uh, you know, Nathan Ruger did tweet at us uh momentarily just to say like yo that's a hard it's too hard to show you know which one's cutest he showed like a picture of him and his brothers together it's like which one do you which one do you pick is the cutest um i don't know it's such a weird question nathan Nathan, to be to be fair nathan came up with that question at the last minute and i said what but uh what did you guys vote for uh tom ruger the cougar Tom Ruger the Cougar? Because he's older. He's older. So he's a cougar. Oh, well, I don't know if that's really the term you use for... What's the definition of a cougar? I don't know if that's it, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Kelly, who who would you say was the cutest of these different Uh, ones? Nathan. Thank you. No, not Uh, you, Nathan. Oh. (laughs) Nathan Ruger. And why do you think uh, Nathan Ruger was the... the... My ears are burning. (laughs) Kelly, why do you think Nathan Ruger would be the cutest of those bunch? I I like Skippy, and um, he's he's always just a cute character, and and one of my all time favorite episodes, and we haven't gotten into it yet, and I'm looking forward to it, is Woodstock Slappy. Yes, where Skippy is hilarious in that. Well, but Slappy's funny too, but I don't know. I just <laughs> Skippy's especially funny in that one because he's like, it's cool, cool, man. <laughs> I think Nathan Ruger has an unfair advantage in this one because he not only is Skippy, but he's also Baby Plucky. Yeah, and Baby Plucky is adorable. Yeah, and but I went with Nathan and I Thank voted you. for... I voted for Tom Ruger on this one as well, <laughs> just because I thought it was funny to vote for Tom Ruger as the cutest. It's like all these different and the producer. I'll vote for him. Why yeah. not? I think yeah. it's fun because I just thought it was amusing and I chuckled to myself. <laughs> um, well, enough of that poll. Let's go ahead and get on to this week's poll. So, Nathan, what do you got for us? What's this week's poll? All right. Well, we're going to ask what the best tower sign-off is. Uh, round two. Right. Yeah, so we have uh, Chow America. That was from today's. 
Uh, we have mm-hmm. It's Over, definitely over. That's a read and run ending. Right. We have Spew, which we have Nathan Ruger to thank for that one. <laughs> and uh, would you like to take a survey? So yeah. That was a couple weeks ago, too. So There we go. I have a lot of different ones to, to, to pick from. So, yeah. Yeah. Which one do you like the most? Yeah. Which, go ahead what's and... What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Head on over to twitter.com slash or Simply search on Twitter for hashtag animaniacastpoll, and you can make your voice heard. Well, folks, that's about it for today's episode, so let's go ahead and get on over to our contact information. Kelly, where can people go online to say hi to you? They can say hi at Twitter, um, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email me, kelly, at bigshinyrobot.com. And Nathan, what about you? Twitter. Twitter. Oh, uh, Jingo FT, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go ahead and get in contact with us, uh, the Animating Cast, uh, on Twitter as well. We're on Twitter, we are on Facebook, and uh, you can go to animaniacast.com to see a full listing of all of our previous episodes. Hey, subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, or Stitcher or whatever podcast kind of thing that you use. Uh, and uh, while you're at it, you know, we love those positive reviews. Yeah. Uh, you can send them on our way and we'll read them on the air. Uh, you can also send us an email, which is animaniacast at retrozap.com. And speaking of retrozap.com, there's a ton of different articles and videos and podcasts that you should check out by heading over to retrozap.com. Uh, such as the ARG cast, Beltway Banthas, Bruise and Blasters, Classic Marvel Star Wars Comics, the Deuce cast movie show Doom cast, Kanata's Castle, The Sandcrawler, Skywalking Through Neverland, Starship Sabres and Scoundrels, Talking Apes TV, Techno Retro Dads, The Trade Federation, and We Know Nothing. Yeah, boy, a lot of great stuff. Check <laughs> it out. In fact, you can go to the Retro Zap. Uh, iTunes feed and simply subscribe to that and that way you can get every single one of those podcasts delivered straight to your device so easy so with that let's go ahead and wrap it up and close up everything so for Nathan and Kelly this is Joey saying good night everybody good night This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. Here we are, Pinky. At the dawn of time... Uh, North Brain, wake me at the noon of time. What was that? Engine knock. <laughs> <laughs>